Hey, and welcome to another The Point Forward Podcast. Uh, just a couple of nerds covering sports, no athletic bones in this conversation today with lots of opinions and lots of analysis. Speak for yourself. I've got plenty of fast twitch muscles left. Do you now? I do. You still intramurals keeping that sharp? Oh, I'm so sharp. It could, uh, I could be a non-guaranteed contract in a superstar's trade if they really needed me to be. Well, I mean, it's looking more and more likely that the Rockets are going to be purchasing you and shipping you off somewhere just to create additional cap space here soon. So trying to get those trade exceptions, man, you got to when you have no, uh, no cap space left. But uh, PJ, how are you, man? I'm excited to uh, do a little free agency primer with you today. Oh, we've got we've got quite a lot. Uh, our worlds have uh, somewhat somewhat collided. We just gotta. It has, and maybe uh, maybe we gotta, might as well just dive into it. Um, before we do, uh, <laughs> what? I was ah, damn it! It didn't work. I was gonna try to. Did you hear that or no? No, I didn't get it. Shoot. I was trying to play the Mike Jones clip of his phone number. Since giving out digits <laughs> is the uh, is all you're about today. Jimmy Butler, yeah, dropping so, the, Jimmy Butler dropping a Mike Jones move. So before we dive into the trade itself and talk about the draft a little bit, let's uh, – Jimmy Butler got officially announced um, as a member of the Timberwolves like, in a press conference today. And gave out his phone number. Uh, if you're an NBA fan, you've probably heard about this already. And uh, I, we're going to try to give him a call. I mean, we, we both texted, texted him. him. We texted him. We're trying to get him on. Uh, we but tried sometimes, to FaceTime him before we recorded. Sometimes the best way is just we're feeling like if we do it live, then maybe we are uh, have a better odds of getting him on. So without further ado, Peach, give the guy a call. Let's see if we can talk to Jimmy. Welcome to Verizon Wireless. Oh. Wireless customer you called is not available what? at this time. Please try your call again later. Announcement 1480. What is this crap, Jimmy? One more time. Wireless. The wireless customer. Ah, he, Jimmy G Buckets. What a. What a crap. He's in my phone. I'm not going to delete that number. Well, yeah, we that's... Send him, what a that's a bummer. Well, we can't say we didn't. We can't say we didn't try. So I guess uh, even though we can't get Jimmy's take on the trade, PJ and I can give our own. And um, you know, we've mentioned it about a, a bunch of times, but this is the first time listening. I reside in Minneapolis. PJ lives in Chicago. So we did the trade. We <laughs> yeah, essentially we're, traded for. We were the masterminds behind that trade. <laughs> I wish. Did. Uh, I it wish was. Wasn't. I think. I don't think either of us. I think I would have been nicer to you and at least let you keep your 16 pick. I don't think I would have even tried to get that from you if that was that the case. But very, very nice of you. Yeah, I would have. I would have been a lot more. I would have played a lot more of a hardball approach to it than just giving up the 16th pick. Even though the chances of a 16th pick in a draft turning out to be anything is like. I mean, I feel like the, the percentage of it panning out is like what five percent, maybe that hits. Yeah, it's on not. Something. It's not great, but when you're sitting where the Bulls are, I mean, it's just another another chance that you have at getting a, a good, uh, you know, a rotational player. Uh, you know, and you never know. You get a superstar every once in a while out of there. I think Kawhi was mid first round. Kawhi was a thirteen. Clay was eleven. Well, Jimmy Butler was the 30th pick, so... Draymond was second round, so it's not like it doesn't happen. Uh, and who knows, Justin Patton, and I don't think we're going to talk about him much today, he's a he's he's going to take some work. I like him. I like him. He's he's a really good pick-and-roll player, athletic, has some range, has a good-looking jump shot. But, um, you know, that's... Speaking of good-looking jump shot, the the number seven pick the Bulls did get did was Lori Markkinen, who, you know, in our most recent podcast, neither of us were very high on. So, uh, PJ, after after a week of kind of sitting on this, what are your thoughts on the trade? Are you still feeling as bad about the trade as everyone 
everyone's initial reaction kind of seemed to be towards it or what are your thoughts well so i've got lots of thoughts i'm living in a new world now for a week where the bulls are rebuilding now i thought they were just gonna you know just exiting nba hell so we're still getting our, our feet around that idea uh, this new newfound world that we're in uh i'm happy they traded jimmy like i mean i i can't can't sit here and i can't pretend like the trade deadline pod didn't happen and i you know didn't blow up about that so um definitely happy they got the trade done and now it's like there's a clear direction of where they're going the acknowledgement that like being the eighth seed and you know muddling around in that middle part of the nba with like no actual shot at contending was not what you want to do when running an NBA basketball operation. Uh, so from that perspective, it's encouraging. Uh, I do not trust uh, Gar Foreman, mainly Gar Foreman especially, the, his ability to actually like draft or use any of the you know upcoming lottery picks the Bulls will most likely have in the next couple years. Um, so, you know, as far as the path goes, I'm... Um, I'm happy that we're on the path. I just, you know, what lies in front of that or, like, the direction of that point, we don't know. Um, but, you know, he might not be around for when they actually start making any significant moves or, you know, actually having a team that's have a core put together. He might not even be part of the – he might not even be the guy that helps contribute to that core. Um, and then that, you know, so that leads me to where what they got back – um, obviously you'd always want more and a lot of the rumors of what was possibly out there. Um, turns out really probably wasn't, uh, everything that I've read and, and seen like this was the best offer they got. Um, so from that perspective, like they took the best deal. So be it. I was pretty chaffed about the 16th pick right at, like initially the trade goes down. You're like, Oh cool. They got to keep the 16th pick and they got those three players like two seconds later it's like no they gave up the 16 so i was just a little chapped about that because and it's silly because like i said it's like probably a five percent chance that thing hits and you actually get someone that's like a contributor uh at all so um but then yeah looking at the pieces uh uh i i mean first i mean i will say i'm just the last week has just been a slow build up towards like man i love zach levine like i'm pretty excited about that piece of it so i'm just gonna kind of focus on that because right yeah so i mean that's kind of where my head's at with it right now i was like all right zach levine could be like worth it and if he reaches his potential i don't think that's been defined yet i mean i think he's still got a very high ceiling uh, and the fact that he's the youngest, well, not youngest, he's the second youngest piece of the three. I mean, and he's got, he'll be entering his fourth year in the league, um, is pretty cool. From, like, just he's like 22 now, and he's, you know, he's played three full seasons, right? It's three. Yeah. No, I'm saying that I'm not sure. No, it's, he's played no. three full years. Yeah, he has. Uh, so that part's cool. Uh, Chris Dunn, yeah, you hope, like, just his, just having, like, the worst season you could imagine wanting to have for your rookie year. Uh, hopefully it's just, like, a change of scenery, different environment, uh, maybe just consistent minutes for him, and, you know, it just might be a better situation for him in Chicago. And, yeah, he develops a jump shot. He's got a got a head coach that knows how to shoot so maybe he can show him a few things um but yeah the marketing thing is like that's the piece where it's like i mean i would basically say yeah, if like levine turns out and then marketing ends up being something like yeah it's a great trade i don't really like the idea of people saying oh like they got hosed on it because i don't really i'm not necessarily like psyched by the haul they got where it's like you're not we didn't get like uh, Hall from Brooklyn, like the Celtics did when they moved KG and Paul Pierce, and like that trade. But 
uh, you know, it's something. It's like a starting point. We have all of our picks, so it's like by doing this we weren't – there was no reason to be like, oh, crap, we're going to suck and we have to wait longer. Um, the Bulls will have their picks, so we'll be able to have their shots at the lottery. So uh, overall, I think I'm pretty content. I definitely would say, though, I'm not confident in the front office – the current front office in place making those decisions um and yeah there's still some awkward decisions to be made we'll be coming up on the deadline tomorrow to see if they're going to extend pick up rondo's option d wade's already opted in uh is he a buyout candidate possibly uh around the trade deadline around february time we'll see but hopefully yeah i mean the nice thing and from my perspective is they've picked a course the pieces they added uh you would say based on their player profiles take into like consideration fred the offense fred wants to run so essentially i mean they they picked fred in this scenario by trading jimmy and like the what they added were actual things players that could theoretically play in fred's offense and like develop under that so uh yeah i'm like neutral on it i mean i'm I'm just excited to see kind of yeah what is in store and this it just yeah it's it's still like a quick change in mindset so i think i'm still kind of in my headspace at least still kind of adjusting to that i mean for both of us i'd say the the headspace and this like the mentality of the teams have both 100 percent flipped we basically kind of swap swap spots as far as where our teams were at in a way. Uh, yeah, and when looking at their outlooks, a lot to figure out with both teams with free agency ahead and whatnot too. But um, you know, obviously, I'm I'm thrilled by this trade for the Wolves. I'm already nervous about them resigning Jimmy in two years, uh, and the fit between Wiggins and Butler, and the fact that they're both. They're not awful three-point shooters, but Jimmy's been inconsistent uh, and had an okay year last year, and Wiggins has been uh, getting better each year. So that's promising. Um, that's something that I'm always kind of. Uh, that's what I kind of look to when people are saying but, two yeah, you don't ball dominant guys. Yet. But yeah, he's just too young. And like, but if if you can throw Wiggins and say, all right, Wiggins, instead of you, you're going to guard the best player on the opposing team every night, you're going to guard the other See. wing. And Jimmy's gonna take the best swing. I think I, I just like that a lot more. What were you? Gonna I mean, say, I think though? it's gonna get. I think it's gonna default to that eventually. But I mean, I think there's gonna be the two. I think there's gonna be the way Tibbs wants it to work, and that's yeah, Jimmy on the best guy. But I also don't know if Jimmy's gonna necessarily. So like the issue with him and the Bulls mainly was like he was having to generate all the scoring, and play you know had to defend the best best guy on the other team so you saw especially last you know that boston series he had no legs left i mean even towards the end of the the regular season like dude had no legs was just tired done so you have to figure out and that's tough when you've got tibbs as the head coach but like how are you going to string jimmy out and not i mean so by having Wiggins just there as the default two for Jimmy, like the two of them kind of working together, you'd hope that his just overall the quality of his defense, like they kind of complement each other, and just the team defense in general is way better than what they were working with and what Jimmy was working with on the Bulls. So like that that does help, but I kind of wonder how much Jimmy's gonna really be into like still guarding the best player like in my mind i see it more of jimmy being like well you know what actually i think wigan you know wigan should guard the best guy you know work on he's younger he's got fresher legs do that i'll play on the second dude and then i can save some of my energy and score more because i think that's i think that's where you're gonna get some issues here with yeah and i'm not i wasn't trying to say it's set in stone that way i'm just i I can almost guarantee the game one that's just my prediction yeah. Game no, one, Jimmy's right. going up against the yeah. best wing on the other team, yeah, and then yeah. you—I mean, people for 
the thing is, people think of Wiggins as like, oh, he's this. He came in as like this defensive stalwart. Like his offensive game is gonna come gradually, but he's gonna be able to play defense in the NBA right away. Well, it's kind of the opposite. He could he could score and he can really fill it up. Guy cannot defend. I mean, on ball, off ball, he really can't do much of anything. He's incredibly athletic. Like he matches up against two through fours on most teams. He just he he's bad at chasing through battling through screens. Uh, he misses yeah. switches. Um, he just gets beat. Like he just guys are just. He's not a great on ball defender. I, Oh, but he has I, the, he has the tool he's... he has the tools to be really good in those areas. So I'm just thinking I, Jimmy should be able to help. Yeah, I was gonna say with Wiggins, like his I thought his on ball defense at points I I didn't think was necessarily terrible. I, I mean, a lot of what I saw with him in his struggles last year was uh, it was yeah reading offenses and kind of knowing where to be on the court more than anything. Yeah. Like, that's where I thought he he looked lost a lot. And, like, I mean, same with Levine looked the same way when he before he got hurt. Um, so, like, yeah, I mean. But, I yeah, I mean, his, I mean, I don't think his on-ball defense is phenomenal. No, he's a better on-ball defender than he is when he's off-ball for sure. Hopefully, 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 hopefully Jimmy being on the team – is going to lift the entire team. Plus, one more year in the league. You hope that Cat, you know, Cat has gotten plenty of criticism yeah. for his defense too. Um, you know, he's putting those like midnight workouts in on the reg. So hopefully, he's he's <laughs> watching some tape uh, on how he's played defense last year too, because he wasn't so great. But you know, time will tell what's going to go on here. And as far as my opinion on what the the Bulls got. I hadn't given up on Chris Dunn. Uh, he he's a he's an incredibly talented defensive point guard. Uh, he's a little bit older, but you still have three years on this contract where he's going to be super cheap, and you can get him some runs starting with Chicago and see what happens. And then Zach Levine, like I know he tore his ACL. I know there's reason for concern there. I I I'm love not. Zach. Zach is going to get points for you. He's going to get buckets. And I'm not worried about his knee at all you know, he's 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 always been kind of a liability on the defensive end but yeah. you know he's in my mind he's the perfect guy to have come off your bench and to score points he's the jamal crawford the lou he williams will not be coming off the bench no he's not going to be but i'm just saying that i think that that's his role his best role in the nba you think that's where he projects that's what he projects out to i project like a sixth man of the year type like an Eric Gordon type, you can go in and just make an impact instantly off the bench. Yeah, I think that that's where I'd want Zach to you be. Don't see, um, um, yeah, I mean, I'm going to be optimistic that he projects better than that. If he can, he's... if he can become more of a two-way player, I think you're right. Uh, but that's just remains to be seen. And then talk. I mean, I'll give my quick Lori Markkinen quip in there i mean i do, i understand the draft pick if you're not re-signing miritich but if you re-sign miritich on top of this then yeah. it doesn't make any sense to me right i mean the thing with the bulls is like this was definitely like there wasn't a full like this was not the full-fledged plan because they've got two kind of they've got pieces on this team that are from two different approaches so it's, it is a little messy but yeah, that was the only thing. I really wanted Malik Monk. Um, that was what I was like, oh, please, take Malik Monk. Like, make me happy. And, yep. But, yeah, and then the, that was my spin was the Lori marketing piece. Was, All right, no, uh, we don't have to deal with Nico anymore. But then immediately at the press conference I had that night, they're like, oh, we intend to bring Nico back. Um, but, yeah, and two, the other funny thing, just need to mention this small little thing that I had uh, did raise my blood pressure. Uh, there was a Gar Foreman interview on the radio, and he at one point said um, they were asking him about Chris Dunn and basically like, what did you see? Like, what encouraging signs do you see? Like, from a guy that obviously had a bad first year, and Gar Foreman proceeds to do a long-winded answer about how you know drafts are getting younger. There's a lot younger players, so it takes them longer to develop. 
and meanwhile I'm listening to this and I'm screaming in my car, but he's 23 years old. Like, he's the oldest player in this deal. Like, that's not – he just didn't shoot. Like, he played bad. Like, but you think, you know, like, but him going on this little tangent of, like, trying to bullshit everyone and say, oh, you know, these drafts, drafts people, the top picks are getting younger and younger, but yet the guy you're referring to was a junior. Like, he's 23 years old. He's older than Levine. Like, it was it was ridiculous. Uh, so, no, I mean, I don't think we'll be able to tell when the bull side for – obviously a couple years but they did what i wanted as far as trying to rebuild and not i did not want to see the same old thing come back but be really nice if they can move Dwayne wade honestly i wouldn't mind having rondo around because he seemed to be in on working with the young dudes but i don't see how that helps chris dunn's development and you still obviously have the wonderfully talented of course cameron Payne. that well just be a delight to watch next year suck some more it's too bad because i really like campaign as a person but <laughs> haven't really seen the dude do much whatever um i like the i like the idea of campaign more than i actually like campaign yeah dude that's exactly right but let's uh so we we're already running a lot along which yeah, is okay we, but we went heavy um talk uh so give me the one pick you really liked in the draft though let's talk about the draft real quick and then we'll move on to some free agency stuff uh i mean it all kind of fell where it needed to i mean people are pretty high on the king stuff or give me uh mm-hmm. yeah give me a team that you really liked what they I mean, did and give me a team you you didn't you were really not a fan of what they were doing i mean i guess yeah i defaultly go with the the kings like uh, yeah you just like all kind of yeah i think they've had some good picks in there i uh yeah i don't really hate hate it at all i mean i was happy the bucks got dj wilson i thought that was a, a fun fit for them like a nice little pick there uh yeah but i'd say the king i mean the kings actually looked like they knew what they were trying to do as far as like drafting for once it wasn't a complete head scratching move uh See, are you saying this because you're a Harry Giles lover? Or are you saying this because I'm a Darren Fox lover? I'm yeah, saying it what for is both what is this? Because we talked some shit on Justin Jackson. That's who they took. I mean, yeah, but that's Justin. I was talking shit about Justin Jackson being on the Bulls. I don't. He's your third draft pick. Yeah, I, that's on that the. Uh, you like him? Kings, and that's, like, that's fine with the Kings. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't hate Justin Jackson so much that I was like, I just was going to murder someone if he was a Chicago Bull and they still had Jimmy Butler. Yeah. And didn't get any younger or more athletic. Yeah, I guess I can't shit on the Kings too much. Um, I will say the one team, and shout out to our friend Cam, who's a huge Blazers fan, really didn't like the trade-up that they did. Um yeah. I, I understand. Like, they had three first rounders, so I understand you packaged those to get some gain out of it. But I was convinced going into the into the draft that they were going to package some picks with Evan Turner and try to get him off their books, which I think is way more important than taking what's the kid's last name from Gonzaga? Zach Collins. Zach Collins. Um, who's like not ready to be a five in the NBA, but can't stretch the floor and can't play four. I just, I don't really get it. Um, maybe yeah, I mean, they already something have, there. They basically have the, another version of that in like Myers Leonard. Like he's essentially like almost like, yeah, Myers Leonard can shoot. So I'll give him now that. he can, he could not when he got drafted. And maybe that's the idea with Collins. It's like, this is going to be our stretch four. we're going to turn, turn him into a stretch four. He's got more touch than my like Myers Leonard is real raw. Like at least Zach and Zach Collins has got a little more pedigree behind him than what Miles Myers Leonard had. Uh but like he's kinda yeah, like the that same kind of boat. It's this is that. more this is less about Zach Collins though and like what I think of him as a prospect and more about why didn't she package these picks to get some cap flexibility? Because they're just I mean, they've got nothing between CJ, uh, Dame, the two guys they paid last, or the couple guys they paid last summer, and then they're gonna owe um, Yusuf. 
uh, in a year or two here. So, um, yeah. I just thought that, I get, thought no, that that was a bit you. of a, a bit of a screw up. But, um, I, well, I'm sure we're going to be talking about these guys that are in the draft uh, in the not too soon, not too far yeah. future. But um, got a lot of other things that I want to hit on today. One is, um, you know, Tuesday night news comes out that Phil's likely out of out of uh, New York which to me isn't Bye-bye. that surprising uh, I'm sure that every Knicks fan is very happy about it uh, long time coming yeah I don't really have too much to say about it I, it sounds like I don't need like it I just thought it's, it was really it's interesting funny. just interesting that you get all these free agents then today uh, in the last day or so that are now have some interest in the Knicks because they don't they know they don't have to deal with Phil you know um yeah Jeff Teague said that he was interested in like setting up me with the Knicks because now they have kind of some a mutual interest that Phil isn't there and it's just you know, it's gonna be very interesting to see who they get to replace him you know David Griffin is the obvious replacement yeah. in my mind I don't know why you yep, wouldn't take same. him uh and I know that uh, Majiri out of uh, Toronto, Toronto is who they're really eyeing, but unless they just throw some re- ludicrous offer, I don't know why you're leaving your situation in Toronto to go to the Knicks. Well, um, and they'd have to give the Raptors probably something to right. get him. Uh, yeah, it just seems too expensive. Yeah, I mean Phil. Phil wrote the. Phil executed the perfect you know set list of, of ways to get fired in your job, uh, in the NBA. Like played that wrote the damn book like everyone now has the perfect playbook if you want to lose your job uh running a basketball operation i think the only thing it really does is one i think it takes out the idea that mellow is going to get bought out in any which way i think mellow probably in my mind will stay in new york still unless they whoever they bring in decides like organizationally they need to like try to bottom out some more uh so like I could still see it in that scenario, but depending on who they bring in, like they could have, if they're going to really dip into the free agent market and start, you know, throwing money at those guys, like you should keep mellow then. Uh, but yeah, I mean like what you're saying, yeah, it makes them an actual plausible destination in free agency. So like they're kind of in play there. Um, but yeah. And I think too, just not having Phil, like now you do have to consider, you know, some people are speculating about them now being, like, they're in play, too, for, like, Banana Boat meetup crew. Like, conceivably, everyone could meet, like, decide to go there for the Banana Boat crew. Uh, now that Phil's not there and, you know, those dudes wouldn't have to deal with him. So, uh, but it ultimately, yeah, it depends on who gets brought in. I think if you brought in David Rivet, like, that helps the case of the banana boat thing too like just his relationship with lebron and everything so um it's uh pretty intriguing uh from that perspective but the idea of yeah phil being fired like i'm just it's just the only weird part is that you would do it be like after the draft not before it um like the minute that chris stops crap was coming out you kind of think like that's when they would do it yeah, you. Uh, I, I'm kind of surprised it took as long as it did, honestly. But uh, <laughs> let's move on to, uh, and before we get to the big trade that came out yesterday, uh, it was officially announced that Woj is going to be going to ESPN, which is kind of weird because I keep seeing all these tweets. This like this is commonly known within if you're a part of the NBA Twitter atmosphere in any capacity, you've heard this, and. Uh, but he's still like tweeting from the vertical account. The vertical website is still up and running. I'm he off. doesn't start till July first. I get that, but I'm just surprised that they're. I mean, they're still pushing people to go to the vertical site on like that brand, right? And I and just kind of thought stop. you'd think that as soon as that would come out, it's all right. We're gonna put it on hold, but now nah, stuff's just coming out. I guess he's just like, well, I just got to keep dropping Woj bombs doesn't matter if everyone knows I'm leaving Yahoo and Yahoo seems to be okay with it yeah I mean whatever yeah they're still getting their clicks whatever while they still got them so uh, 
Yeah, I mean, it was kind of the worst kept secret that he was going to make the switch, so. Um, but makes sense from ESPN's perspective of spending two, however many billions of dollars to get the NBA uh, TV package, be a part of that TV deal. Like, you probably, it's a pretty good incentive to have, like, the leading guy breaking news uh, in the industry he employed by you just kind of seems weird to me still they would like get rid of Mark Stein who uh, was probably one of the other really good guys as far as breaking news and is still so have, like, and is still yeah. breaking news yeah right I mean he's still but it's like you'd think you'd want to have you know one and two basically on your team but eh whatever that's I don't really yeah it's just kind of a weird sports wrinkle. media company um, yeah do you want to hear another weird wrinkle that I I just, I'm seeing right now? Uh, John Calipari reached out to the Knicks through intermediaries to express interest in presidency. Wow. <laughs> uh, Initial thoughts. I'm surprised because I'm not thinking of any Kentucky players on the Knicks. That just seems like a weird Any fit. Any Kentucky players on the Knicks? Not yeah, yet. I mean, I could see him like, all right, I'm going to go to the Kings because it seems like all they get is Kentucky players but or are interested in Kentucky players. Wow, it's just the- like this just seems like there there have been so many rumors of him coaching an NBA team in the past. I'm a little surprised that this is coming out all of a sudden for the Knicks. But, hey, Cal, if you want to leave what you got going on in Kentucky, which in my opinion is a pretty great – Kind of surprised you're trying to go throw yourself. Yeah, he's in already New York. The, he's already Jeez, the president man. of a bas- He's already the pre- president of a basketball operation. He sure is. But uh, and let's uh, so let's let's move on to the CP3 trade, man. Um, I know we've talked a little bit about yeah, it already. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you so? Do you think? You think the Clippers got pretty good value from that? I mean, they could have walked away with nothing here, and they got a lot of young assets, including including Pat Bev uh, and some young guys. I just like my initial thought was like, yeah, I mean, this makes sense for the Rockets. Like the fit doesn't make, you know, it doesn't align perfectly because they're two ball dominant guys, but they'll make it work. They're superstars, and then uh, and they wanted to play together, like they're friends. And then, you know, on the on the flip side, the Rockets. They give up a lot of good rotation guys, with the exception. I, I mean, I consider Patrick Beverly like a solid starter in the NBA, but uh, outside of him, yeah. just a lot of role players. I mean, so I I don't think it's really that bad of a fit as far as like play. Like I can see it working. Like I think both those dudes. I don't think people are really giving Chris Paul or James Harden enough like credit as far as how they play off the ball. I think. It just kind of like the the thing that's gonna have to work out is the back and forth of it, and then like obviously in the fourth quarter, who's who's got the ball in their hand type thing. But as far as role within that team, like Chris Paul does everything that Pat Bev is able to do and better. Like he's the I think a huge upgrade over Pat Bev uh, from that perspective. And then other than that, yeah, you give a first round pick that's gonna be bottom end of the first round. Sam Decker, who yeah, may or may not be in on if you're the Rockets, and Lou Williams, and then like a Montrez Harold, and then a bunch of those non-guaranteed dudes. Uh, I mean, as far as to the Clippers and like a non, like yeah, nothing got something. Like yeah, I mean they can maybe flip a couple of those dudes. Like they at least got something to work with um, from a couple of those pieces. Like they could still flip Patrick Beverly, move Lou Williams, but at least they have like some pieces, like some to work with rather than yeah, nothing at all. Um and yeah, I mean, I basically though it is like a one-year rental for Chris Paul at this point with the Rockets. See if it works out. I mean, if it does, like yeah, he was he was able to keep his bird right so they could offer him the 200 uh million dollar deal, but like we were just saying too, like maybe the banana boat meetup is still in play with all those dudes. So he'll try it in Houston. If that for some reason doesn't work out, he's able to uh, go ahead and you know find a spot he wants to go. Yeah, I think 
I think the banana boat is still in play, although mm-hmm. those guys are still I am I don't know how then any team would be able to make it work with the cap unless the Kings don't sign anyone and they all went to the Kings next year. I, I I mean no one really has cap room now. Um and off the top of my head I can't think of any huge expensive free agents that are coming off the books next offseason they're gonna create that much cap room. So but if things go well for Chris there, I mean, yeah, I, mean, I at first, my first reaction to this was, okay, I can't believe Chris left Clippers and left all that money on the table, but they keep his bird rights, and he can go live in Texas where there's no state income tax, so, I mean, that's saving you $20 million closer, you know, depending on what state you're comparing it to, but that's saving you tens of millions of dollars over the course of that deal, uh, so, like, props to you, Chris, get paid, man, Um it's pretty yeah, incredible, I mean, and like I, I really do think those guys are going to be able to make it work. Think of like he fit with Pat Bev, and uh, you can have they're going to stagger their minutes more. D'Antoni did a good job of managing all the players last year. Like, I, I think it's going to be weird if Melo ends up getting there via trade because they'll have to give up right Ryan Anderson to do that, and I don't know why the Knicks uh, would do that. That wouldn't be as bad. I mean. Well, I mean, yeah, I don't get why the Knicks would do that, right? Right. I don't know why the Knicks would do that. Ryan Anderson's contract is not something that I don't think any team, other than maybe the Nets and the Kings, would gladly take with some other assets thrown in there. But well, the Kings, w- yeah. So that's the that's what I was thinking of is maybe you would get like, because yeah, I could see Ryan Anderson in a Kings fit maybe. Uh, like that makes a lot of sense to me in like a three team trade scenario so then maybe there's some pieces from the on the Kings side that you like if you're the Knicks that you would get back um cause yeah I don't know why you'd want Ryan Anderson if you're the the Knicks but uh I don't know I could see I mean but if Ryan Anderson stays like he works well with I think he would play like he played well for them last year so I don't see why you wouldn't, you know, still still be able to do anything, you know, still have success with them now. Uh, I just, yeah, I think there's still another move for them, though, somewhere in this. If it's, like, is, do you think, well, I haven't really seen, I mean, it's pretty much everyone's thinking Gordon Hayward's going to the Boston. But, like, is Gordon Hayward in play there? Um I mean, they have room to sign. Basically, they would be able to sign another dude to a max, uh, depending on you know, what they're. I think they'd still have to work a little bit, but they could do it. Really, so, I don't. Uh, I didn't think they could make thirty million. Who? I mean, I'm I'm pulling up their salary cap now. I. I thought there was. I thought they still had a move they could do, and they could get there. I mean, the only or would it be getting rid of Ryan Anderson? I mean, right now they're paying. Even if they got rid of Ryan Anderson, that you know, that's freeing up twenty. I mean, they gotta they gotta free up a lot more than that. And looking at other players that are on their payroll, uh, you know, Eric Gordon for twelve. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Trevor Ariza seven and a half. Yeah. And then everybody else is cheap. Like they don't have anybody that they can really give up in this case. Um, so it's almost to get max cap room, they'd have to trade both those guys. Yeah, you know, you're almost, yeah. But you're right. So I think if they're getting another guy, it's going to be Melo. They could they could trade Ryan Anderson, um, and future first rounders. But they trade for so many first round picks at this point. I don't even know how far that they're going out. They gave up their first rounder in the trade for Lou Williams at the trade deadline last year. Um. So they it's gonna they're gonna be a fun team to watch, uh, and if they ended up getting Paul George, like that seems scary. They, their bench will be interesting, but they'll have some they'll have some exceptions. They can yeah. sign a decent rotational player or two. But um, I mean, I mean the thing I just like about it more than anything is it's showing, like I, I think to a lot of people that are just like, oh well, you know, it's the Warriors championship for the next three four years, like. I think like moves like this and some of this stuff should just tell those people to uh, cram it up their cram holes ultra, you know, <laughs> because uh, like this at least showed me and like what got me jazzed. It's like, like 
basically, yeah, fuck that, like, thought. Like, there's going to be these teams that are going to try. Like, people aren't – like, this is still competitive sports. Like, these teams are in a business to, like, win. Like, just punting and be like, all right, well, we got a plan for three, four years down the line is stupid. Like, yeah, there's certain teams that should do that because there's just no conceivable way. And it's like – I think that's kind of the movement you're going to see more is there's going to be – I think there's going to be some consolidation that happens with a lot of teams where it's like that they do have pieces and it's, you know, you should move them. But I mean, the market's not great to move some of these stars either. So, um, you know, it's, it's, you basically have to look at the window of your best players on your team. Uh, do you see a window opening up with those best, those players that you have that you can contend for a championship? If you do, then you should be doing stuff like what the Rockets are doing and trying to bring in the stars, bring in the better players from the teams that say, ah, eh, maybe they're not. Like the Bulls, for example. Bulls weren't going to contend anything with Jimmy Butler in his prime, so they had to move him. Uh, the Pacers, I don't know what the hell is going on. I mean, I don't know what they're getting offers for, but if you look like what CP got, they should. if they got that, I mean, I think that's not a bad haul. Right now, I don't know yeah, if they're going to do just, much better than I that just for a one year. I just don't think that they're going to get that. But I want to react to uh, what you were just saying here, Peach. And um, I, I, th- I love the move too, just because see, as good as the Warriors are, and I would never want this to happen, but they're an injury away from being vulnerable. If they don't have Steph or they don't have KD in the Western right. Conference Finals, like I'm thinking that they're still going to they could get deep into the playoffs with that team. If they're firing on all cylinders, they could win the championship still with that team because those three guys are so good. But like, if they would have won this last year finals without Kevin Durant, I think the Cavs win. And if they go in that final without Steph, I think that who knows what happens. So um, you never know, and you might as well put yourself in a position to to win some games. And the Rockets yeah. always liked, I think, the way that they matched up with the Warriors anyway compared to the Spurs. But we've talked a lot about Paul George, Peach, and I want to, like, do you think that a deal's well, actually going to go down with was, him? I've kind of, what were you, you going to say? Oh, I was just, the last thing I was going to say is, yeah, like, you saw the game stuff that you played, and, uh, you know, I think Lou Williams would agree with this take because it's, uh, you know, it's not nerds and computers. Like, things aren't already set. You actually have to have those athletic bones and muscles and the ability to actually play and stay healthy for a full NBA season. So nothing's, like, a guarantee we're just not simulating through these next couple seasons and like just handing out trophies to the Warriors like yeah you don't know what can happen and you know one thing with the Warriors too is like you're saying yeah they're pro- definitely an injury away from being very vulnerable because they're going to struggle with having depth on their team you know with this core that they've they've assembled uh, other teams would have that luxury where they could maybe have a few more pieces uh on a bench and you know they could maybe sustain an injury for a, a short period of time amen uh, Paul brother. george Paul anyway george. so let's go a little rapid fire here and then we talk about some free agents and then i definitely want to hit on the big three before we leave um i got hard journalism work i've been doing on that front so paul george i don't think the trade's going down it seems At to all? me that it would have happened already and that it's no. they're gonna wait till the trade deadline I just don't think it happens during free agency here. Dude, but he, so here's my one thing is about this year that's a little different than I feel like the last two years is that free agency starts Saturday. Like the f- real news we got was Chris Paul. And now like today it was like that uh, Blake Griffin's being with the Suns. But there hasn't been like a ton, I feel like, with a of buzz with all these guys yet, like where we're get, figuring out who they're meeting with or anything like that or their plans. Uh, so I just don't know what intel is out there for these teams, and I think a lot of people, like I said um, a few minutes ago, it's like I think there's these teams that are looking at their window, but it's everyone's judging each other, and it's I mean, there's there's pieces available to to help ramp up something, and it's like who's gonna make the move. I think the Celtics are gonna kind of set a lot of this market. If 
you know, depending on how serious they are in getting Paul George, uh, I think, you know, if, if that piece does fall, I, I still think Paul George gets traded because it would literally be one of the dumbest things you could possibly do uh, to not move him. And so, I mean, I think if you're looking at major players on trade market-wise, which then I think is going to dictate this free agency a lot, it's it's the Boston, it's Cleveland. I think Denver is a huge uh, piece to a lot of this as far as three-team trades go because they have a lot of assets and guys that could be incorporated in there. And I like – I mean, they need a trade um, – so badly like they're like one of those teams that just needs to move pieces needs to consolidate some talent like get something so like for a cleveland like i mean there were reports about the denver uh cleveland indiana three-team trade gets you know if that gets recirculated or something but um yeah there's just there's a lot of these these move and it's, it's it kind of I feel like always it does happen where you see like one piece fall and then things start happening. Um, but we'll we'll see. I think tomorrow we'll probably get more buzz as we get clo- you know we're we'll be right on the cusp of it then. But uh, I, I do think it's interesting. There seems like there's less to me. It seems quieter leading up to the free agency starting than you know when it. In other years, there was already all these rumors you know, floating around about who was going to meet with who, and maybe that comes out tomorrow. Um, so, it's just, just a little thing. But I think it would just be so dumb if Paul George doesn't get traded. Like the well, Pacers would. Like I said, man, like, I think you have that, to get something. I think they're going to get traded. I just it. I think that if they would have, I think that if they were going to give up Paul George before the season started, it's going to be because they get an offer that they really like. And I think they would have already gotten that offer by now. But you could be right in that the Celtics or another team has a package that they've been holding a piece out of it in hopes of getting him at the cheap. And, hey, maybe Boston throws that last piece in and they're able to get him tomorrow. Um, hey, it'd be but it'd like, be fun to talk about and it'd be interesting to see yeah. him. And the whole, I mean, Gordon Hayward... Uh, that conversation would just be wild going into Saturday. A lot more wild than it already is. But um, I just, but from my perspective, either Pacers, like, there's one thing to be like, this is what we want for him. But then there's like, like I'm saying with the, the going back to Jimmy Butler kind of thing, I mean, Jimmy Butler was a way more tradable asset than Paul George. And look what the Bulls got for him. Uh, the Chris Paul trade is essentially the same situation of what Paul George is like a rent a player one year type thing. Uh, and like, yeah, Jimmy Butler, like going back to that perspective, like, yeah, I would want them to get more for him. But in the end, the market's the market. And like, if you're the Pacers, you can't just keep saying, I want, you know, two first round picks and a ready to go NBA player. Like, and no team is going to give you that unless one they know Paul George would resign with them, and two like, I, like if if no one's going to offer that to you, like you have to take the best offer then, whatever that net, that best offer you're getting, you have to be consistently working the teams, leverage them against each other. You know, if you get something that you kind of like, you got to call. If you get something you kind of like from the Denver Cleveland three team trade. You gotta be calling Boston, saying, "Hey, I've got this. Like, what can you do?" Um, and in Boston's perspective, it's more incentive for them to try to get Paul George because if they don't, they're not gonna be able to beat. You know, they they know they wouldn't be able to compete against the Cavs. Like, they should be trying to not to keep Paul George off the Cavs. Uh, I uh, I mean, yeah, it's 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 weird. I mean, I think Paul George kind of. By saying he wanted to go to the Lakers, it hurt his value too. I don't know if you can really fault him for that, um, but no, you can. Fa- I don't like the way that Paul George handled that. But he told him, like, I don't know, like, I mean, if if KD had said that before, like, would people have been pissed off when he left? Then he's like, I'm going to leave. <laughs> like, I want to go play for Golden State. Yeah, but <sighs> I don't know, man. It's very complicated. It seems different, doesn't it? It seems different to me than... Oh, it's different. It's... Uh, I'm just being... I was 
kind of just doing that as a <laughs> just an argument. It's an argument. It's a valid me. argument, but like it is a valid argument. You're right. Um, let's uh, let's move on to some free agents here, man. So let's. I'd like to talk about some big ones, and then if you do have anyone that's like under the radar, you'd like to see the Bulls try to make a run at, or anyone under the no radar. One. Anyone Bulls should not get anyone. Anyone uh, more under the radar that you just think would be a good fit, good rotation guy, good kind of X factor on another team. We should definitely hit on those two, but um, I'm going to throw out a name right. and you tell me if rapid fire, a, if you think they're going to stay or leave and if they're going to leave who you realistically think that they would sign with. Okay. okay. So let's start with Blake Griffin after Chris Paul leaving. I think he stays. I think he stays too. Um, even though, even though the Clips, as like if I was running the Clippers, I'd be hesitant to go the full max over five. Um, I think it happens, yeah. and I think they, uh, you know, him with more ball handling duties, and uh, Beverly playing more off ball, who's a pretty good three point shooter and a great defender. Um, it might work. I don't know. It could work. Yeah. I think he, if he did go somewhere, it'd be. The Phoenix thing's interesting. There's like the rumors of the Heat also. Um, yeah, I think that would be a spot I could if see he was definitely if going. he was gonna leave. I think he'd go to Miami. That's where yeah. I would see him going. But I think he stays. I think he's gonna. Get, but I think they will. They'll give him the full max. Uh, yeah. Who uh, they usually could. Um, how about? Because then if, I don't think if he does, I don't think if they give him it. Like then I think maybe it he would walk then okay you might be right um i hope i mean he's gonna get them he's gonna get a max offer from phoenix that's for sure yeah and uh i don't really how he meshes with such a young team there i don't really like him in phoenix um i mean they're a lot they would be a lot better with him though Um, let's uh so next i have uh paul Millsap. Oh, he's he's going somewhere. I don't know where yet. I uh, where would I pick him to go? Um, what were the teams that were looking at him? Was it? I mean, the Timberwolves are rumored the how they would get the T Wolves Nuggets. Uh, I mean, the other teams that would realistically have cap space would be like Brooklyn, Sac, uh, Philly, yeah, San Antonio. Who doesn't really need a guy in that role? Nope. Um, Boston could make room for him, but there's really there haven't been any rumors there. No, that's not a good fit. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, if uh, depending on what they're able to move Rubio, what they're able to get there, maybe Minnesota. I mean, I think Paul or Paul Millsap's definitely going somewhere else. Uh, I do too. Where that's uh. I do too, and I think he's I think he's going to Denver. Shout out to yeah, a friend of the pod, be. Will Ducey, because I know he's a fan of that yeah. acquisition. So I hope that's probably if he doesn't. If but the, they got to move, like I said, they got to move some things. They got to clear some people out of there. Yeah, I mean they got just too many bodies. God, they have body issues. What a weird team. And I mean, I like they're okay. That's another team I really no. liked with what they did in the. I, I know that they have too many players and not enough positions to get guys minutes, but. Trey Lyles, I really liked his rookie year yeah. and got kind of put on the bench last year. Um, but I like that pick moving back from them in the in the draft. Uh, uh, I, Trey Lyles is like, well, it's interesting. Like, so basically, I've noticed my like trend every year with the Kentucky teams. I like, basically, I'll, I've latched onto one guy for each team. So like, and Trey Lyles was like one of them. Jamal Murray last year, two years ago. One Malik Monk, the new one this year. Uh, now Jamal Murray, Trey Lyles are on the same team, but I think if they can move Moutier, get him out of there. Like I think you need to give Jamal Murray the point guard. You need to make him the point. Uh, so you need to figure out a way to do that. And you've got so many power forwards. You need to move. Like if they could take, obviously, like the most ideal thing would they be able to move Moutier and Fareed. And you bring Paul Millsap in, but 
Yeah, that may be tough. I think you may have to throw yeah, in another player to sweeten that deal. I think I think you're throwing in yeah, Gary know. Harris or Will Barton in there to get rid of them, but and I don't think they'd be willing to do it for Gary Harris. No, but they've got a lot of pieces. Like there's a lot like that Denver's like cool. Like they're a cool they're gonna be a cool league pass team like, this year. Uh, I just don't want to jinx but... them because I want them to I want them to pull something off here. I want them to come I do too. out of the offseason with a star with to pair to with Jokic because um, that's just fun, man. Like, yeah, they need yep. another. They have a, like a lot of great pieces, but they need another, you know, top tier guy. Um, next up, I have. Let's talk about Gordon Hayward. What do you think he does? You think Boston for sure? Yeah, because he's going to Miami right away Saturday jazz boston after it sounds like i think he's gonna go boston the brad stevens thing i think is legit i think you're right i think he signs the max in boston uh how about kyle lowry yeah i don't know i think he i more so now think he's gonna go back but I mean, I could see him ending up in Minnesota if they move Rubio. Yeah, that's the big question. Um, I don't think they can move Rubio. I don't think there's any way. Because in order to make this happen, and I don't want to go full T-Wolves. We've talked about them a lot already. But uh, T-Wolves are in a very interesting spot with roughly $18, $19 million of cap room. And they have Rubio and Diang's contract. who They can move Diang, I think. Uh, I don't know how I I don't know if I want him to or not. I know you really like Yang. Um I do. I like how he gets double doubles. I like how he gets twenty and twenty on the Bulls all the time. Yeah, he plays well against the Bulls. That's probably why you like him so much. <laughs> but uh in order for the so the T Wolves, in order to trade Rubes, the logical fit and what's been reported is that Utah has some interest. Well, Utah is only gonna have interest in Rubio if George Hill leaves, and George Hill's not going to leave unless Gordon Hayward's leaving. And Hayward's not going to make, if Hayward yeah. doesn't make his decision until Sunday, that means the T Wolves aren't trading T- him till Sunday. And you can't rely on Kyle Lowry to have to wait two days in the free agency to make a decision. So I just don't see it happening, um, which is too bad. But, you know, I, uh, I'm. Googling Ricky Rubio, I'm Googling and searching on Twitter for Ricky Rubio dirt every two seconds. So, fingers crossed, something something breaks in the next 24 hours. Yeah, it's it's the domino, dude. Well, that's like what we're just talking about right now. It's like there's so much speculation, but then it's gonna be just absolute chaos. And it's just like one or two of these pieces go, and it's like everything like just starts fucking happening. Like everyone's got. Everyone's got all, every team's got their like perfect plan A scenario. And then it's like the couple teams that get that great, but then it's like everyone else is just fucking scrambling and going crazy. Uh, you're getting me excited, man. You I know, stop. dude. It's wild. It's like, it be, is so much fun. It is, uh, this is going to be good. Okay. Well, you know, <laughs> we're, we might be- have to do, we might have to do another pod this weekend to recap some stuff, but before we go, emergency ones, maybe before yeah. we go, let's talk about big three. I want to just, uh, before we talk about teams and players, like, I just want to let, or I just want to get your opinion on, was it as good as you thought it was going to be? Is it better? Like, what was the entertainment value? Oh, I, so I sat down on, and watched it um i tried my dance i did not look at any of the score like i was able to avoid seeing the stuff on sunday night twitter from it so i didn't know who won or anything like that um i'm as in on it as i thought i was gonna be uh it's fucking incredible it was very entertaining um i mean it does look like a bunch of old dudes playing basketball but they're like yeah, the names you remember, those, like, random, you know, the dudes you used to play NBA Live and 2K with. Um, just a lot of nostalgia within it. Uh, but I was entertained enough to – yeah, I didn't watch any of the award ceremonies, so I cannot give you any input on that. I – after, like, the first – after watching the game – so the, the game was uh, Power, which is, like, Deshaun – Versus Trilogy. So, yeah. Oof. 
was so awesome. Wait, was it uh, Trilogy or Tri-State that they were playing? They were playing... I think it was Tri-State. Uh, yeah, they were playing Tri-State. But yeah, Deshaun Stevenson, like... On, fucking, oh, I've got yeah. I've got it written down right here about how I want to talk about it. He was quiet, too. He's so quiet in the first half. And then he just goes, like, Armageddon in the last couple minutes. Well, because at halftime, too, of that thing, which is like... Uh, He's like, oh, all these people talking, like it's time, like on Instagram online, like time to put, like the action out, and then he just like balled out. It was so fucking funny. So for anyone listening that hasn't watched any of these games yet, and they're they're on Monday night from seven to ten on FS1, yeah. but they are actually K-Toy. played the night before, uh, and they're moving locations. So this the week one was in Brooklyn. Uh, and they do have a location. They're coming to Chicago, PJ. So, like, you should look into I that. Know. Um, I'm not going to be here that weekend. Oh, that's a mistake. Well, anyway, the way the format is essentially three on three with a couple subs. And uh, you play till 30. And then it's halftime. Half. And then the game ends at 60, but you have to win by two. Right. Uh, free throws count. You only shoot one free throw, but it counts as two. And there is uh, a normal two, three-point shots, but there's also three different uh, circles on the court that are four-point shots. Look it up. Watch it. As PJ said, I, I agree. It's, it's Coutinho good. Mobley? It's good. Oh, God, Coutinho yeah. Mobley is specifically on, like, that. Like he was, I know for a fact, of anyone, like, my opinion, Coutinho Mobley practiced the four-point shot the most. He took so many, like, he was, like, the, he got, like, a little bit of room. He was fucking firing from there. You know, it was, it's funny. I'm glad that you mentioned the two guys that stood out to me the most. Like, so two, those two guys, um, some other players that just looked really good. Al Harrington looked really good. Um, very athletic. His shot, I mean, he's just, God, he's just kind of a stretch four. So, like, his position doesn't, like, in my eyes, three-on-three basketball I either see a team that just has a bunch of athletes winning, or I see a team that has one big guy that no one else can really stop. And like Jermaine O'Neal was, yeah. Um, Jermaine O'Neal yeah, and yeah. then uh, Kwame Brown were the two big guys that teams really had a tough time matching up against. And the Richard Lewis, Kwame Brown, the three-headed monsters was the other That's team my that was was tough. Such Jason Williams got hurt, and it yeah. sucks that Kenyon. That's the thing about this though is like there's guys that are getting hurt in this like. AI, it, well, we'll get to that part because I have a little bit on that. But, like, yeah, like, Jason Williams got hurt. Kenyon Martin got hurt. Um, who well, AI may have gotten hurt. Like, I don't know. Yeah, AI just didn't seem like really himself. Uh, and, I, yeah, I hope I hope White Chocolate's back. Well, no, I think he's done. I'm pretty sure I saw he's, like, done for this whole thing. Mm. But, uh, I, well, so I had a question with the AI thing. So it was, like, really, like, that was the thing I didn't like about it was, like, they didn't show any of that game. Like, they just, like, super sim through. I thought I was watching, like, highlights of it. Like, they yeah, didn't show so any of that the, game. How they're doing Cause this. Because AI only, cause AI only shot the ball. Like, he made one bucket. He didn't play most of the time. He had, uh, like, Andre Owens is this guy who I guess is, like, fairly young. And at the end, he was, like, basically saying, I was trying to get him looks because there's scouts here watching this. <laughs> Yeah, it was. Uh, I'm not sure why they did that. Um, oh, so I'm seeing conflicting reports on the Jason Williams injury. Conflicting reports. No. USA oh. Today, a day ago, oh. Jason Williams to miss rest of Big Three season after suffering the injury. Yeah. So yeah, I think you're right. Damn, that's too bad. Um, so they're gonna be they're gonna be in trouble without him, I think, because now they're having to rely on Eddie Baston and. Mahoud, Mahoud Abdul Raouf, who actually looked good, um, but that's Abdul too bad. Uh, yeah, can they like add? That's the only thing. Can they add a person? Like if someone's done, like can they get? I don't know how free agency works with this man. Uh, you're gonna have yeah. to ask Ice Cube, but Ice Cube. Um, we'll. Uh, I'm. We're gonna have to keep recapping this because it's really great. And oh. I plan on watching every week of it. Um, yeah, and like Michael Rappaport's the sideline reporter for it. Yeah, they really um, did. They really put this together well. In my, like, I could use for like they're sometimes they're like snapping back to 
action and but they're not actually like showing any gameplay and it's just like a montage or clip outside of play and then they're like yeah. hey cut that out and show us all of ai's game like i don't need to see all that other stuff let's get well, more basketball so like eddie robinson is on it and i did not he was like not on the original rosters oh so like uh and if you're like yeah a, a child from Chicago in the early the 2003 Chicago Fort Bulls like no one loved Eddie Robinson well but like I don't know uh like how that works like that's what I was trying to look up and I couldn't get like a good answer so now I'm looking it up right now because he's on the team with um uh what's it the what team was he on? Was he? He was with. Uh... Shoot, I can't remember. I can't remember, remember either. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll definitely have to talk about the big three some more. Let me know if you find that page. But um, we should probably close up shop here pretty soon. We're running a little long, but uh, thank you as, as always, everyone, for listening. Please check us out at thepointforwardnba.com. Give us a follow at Twitter at the point forward, uh, and please leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. We greatly appreciate it, so that other people can find out how great the pot is and hopefully spread the love. So, um, happy free agency, yeah. PJ. Happy free agency. Hopefully, we don't. Yeah, just you know what we gotta make sure we gotta police each other. Make sure we're not spending too much time on our phone, but I think that's gonna be pretty tough for us. Uh, it's impossible, um, especially Saturday. I hope it's not nice oh. out Saturday because I'm not going outside. <laughs> but uh, hey, I hope everyone has a has a great weekend. Checking their Twitter feeds, and we'll uh, be all right. So here, before you go, there's teams have reserves. So there are reserve players on all these teams. Okay, so they'll fill in. So so that does add a wrinkle to some of this. So like. Eddie Robinson is a reserve on the Killer Threes, so he played since Chauncey was out of it. So now we can officially close out. We've now that. now that we have that, history. we can officially close out. So NBA free agency starting midnight on Saturday morning, Big Three Monday night. Watch it, and we'll be back at you guys next week. Give Jimmy a follow. No! Shit.